Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello guys, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about creating the right strategy, how you can outsmart your competitors, not to overwhelm them, because I see often when website owners think how to get the same traffic that competitors have, the same sales, but it's not a good decision because competitors might have their strong sides. You can consider yours. You can consider your unique selling proposition and go ahead. I'm so excited to discuss this talk with, with Ella Iliesi. How are you? I'm very good, Anatoly. Thank you for inviting me at your awesome podcast. So, so inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking your time, for taking time to share this valuable insights. And Ella, I want to start from you. Tell more about your business background and why you pay attention to SEO, not other digital marketing techniques. Why SEO? <laughs> SEO has been my first love because it happened that I got into the domain by having an idea for a website for people with disabilities, which includes the um, people with visual impairments. And they search the internet and they browse the websites by using something called screen readers. When I had this idea to create this uh, dating website for people with disabilities, my developer told me, um, asked me, but do you know SEO? Because if you are not going to optimize your images, if you are not going to structure your website well enough, then in your audience, those people with visual impairments, they will come to your website and try to read it, try to scroll through it, and they won't understand anything because the tool will was going to read to them numbers like if i name the images with numbers all they are going to hear was numbers you know like not create an account and things that i wanted for them to to hear so that's how i first learned about seo and what i understood at that point that seo was uh was actually helping people so helping people who don't see read websites so it was a uh, love at first uh, hearing about this because I really wanted to help people. It was a social project and the developer told me like this information that I'm going to help people even more if I learn SEO. So that's how I got interested in SEO. And it wasn't, um, it was almost one year or more later that I realized looking at job boards that people were hiring um SEO specialists to improve their websites, their e-commerce websites, their service websites as well. So it was kind of, uh, it was interesting. It was something that I felt like I was helping with, you know, both people and businesses. And it was kind of a match made in heaven for me. And my interest kind of remained for this field over the years because I then realized that there are a lot of people who want to learn SEO because almost, you know, every business owner that has a website wants to be on the first position on Google or at least in the top three results. And there aren't so many SEO specialists to help them. So I decided to help people learn SEO. And again, I felt like I was doing something good. I was helping people 
get jobs. I was helping, I, you know, I was sharing my knowledge. So that's what I think kept me in this field. And then um, because SEO is so versatile, like you can work in a digital agency. You can work for an IT company. You can uh, be a freelancer. You can uh, promote your own businesses. It, it covers so many things that you can try that I've always found, you know, something else to, uh, to work on uh, using my SEO knowledge. And again, this was very good for my type of personality who loves trying new things. So that's how I started. Yeah. And um, the website that I was telling you about, I launched it uh, 14 years ago. So I've been doing SEO for 14 years. Yeah, wow. Amazing. Amazing. Love it. Love your journey. And Ella, uh, by the way, I like your name. I love it. Ella. <laughs> so simple. And yeah, uh, looks great <laughs> for, for my ears, you know. And Ella, I want to ask you about finding the right keywords. You know, it's interesting that uh, uh, website owners often use keyword research tools, SEMrush, iHrefs, Uber suggests keyword planner, many, many great tools we have today. And can you tell how to choose the right keywords? Because if they search uh, for keywords, um, we uh, often see high volume keywords and website owners can feel, wow, I want to get this traffic, I want to get these keywords. It's hard to get them. But uh, can you tell how to divide keywords that will sell in the end? Yeah, this is such a great question. And at the beginning, when I started out doing SEO, I was looking at things like volume. Then I learned a little more about keyword research and I started looking at keyword difficulty also. But now, if I were to take on a new client today, the first thing that I would ask him is, do you have a Google Ads account where you are monitoring you know, conversions? Because the first step in my keyword research to find the most profitable keywords is going to his Google Ads account, going in the search terms section, so not keywords, search terms, and filter them by conversions. So that's where mm -hmm. I see all the terms that he's paying for and the terms that are bringing him results. Then what I'm doing is looking at the volume and add the keyword difficulty and all these other things. Like what's his position in, uh, I'm looking in Google search console and I'm uh, looking at his position. Is he number one already? N nothing to, you know, to improve there. But is yeah. he in the, on the first page, but not in the first results? Like is Google finding his page very relevant, but not, good enough for the first results, then we have a winner. And then I create a very small um, exclusive list of just 10 keywords that I'm going to focus on on the first three months. And once my client sees that his sales are improving because I am already ranking his best money keywords, then he will allow me to test new keywords as well that maybe he hasn't uh, put in his Google Ads account, you know. So that's yeah. kind of where how I start with. Nice. Love it, love it. Let me tell you why I love it. Because, you know, uh, I see when content creators cover a lot more than having resources. You know, I think today 
uh, less but quality. You know, it's not about quantity. And you mentioned that you can pay attention to 10 pages in the first three months because I know it's hard to create high quality content at scale, a lot of high quality content. But when you pay attention to what Google understands right now, yeah, you can get high, much higher results. Uh, and um, uh, I remember when one webmaster asked me, please help me to promote my website. I'm going to create 20,000 pages with AI, you know, to promote them. <laughs> I asked him why, why you need to create 20,000 pages? Because I want to cover all topics. You don't need to cover all topics. You can get traffic from uh, five pages, from one page, you know, even one page you can get results. So pay attention to priorities. I love it. Love it. Awesome. Exactly. Prioritizing is the best thing. And at this moment, I'm also um, SEO manager for one of Romania's largest job boards on the market. Actually, it's number one. Um, mm -hmm. And we have almost one million pages. But what we do is actually uh, make sure Google is not getting lost in those millions of pages. I don't care that much, you know, that we have one million pages on Google. I care that the pages, the filter pages, for example, are at the highest position possible. And the filter pages are less than 5% of the whole, you know, pages we have on our website. So prioritizing is clearly key and hyper-focusing on those important pages until you reach the top position. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, your website. Uh, and uh, you mentioned that you have uh, a lot of pages, uh, a million pages, but uh, do you usually index all these pages or uh, you prefer to, uh, to hide some pages from Google to no follow content uh, or you prefer to leave all these pages but uh, pay attention to promote some specific pages? Mm -hmm. There's a fine balance because you want Google to index all the important pages. Like it's a job board website and you want people who are searching from a small town for a job on a, in a specific field to be able to find your page. But you don't want Google to index that page if it has zero results. It's better for that person because Again, we are going back to humans. It's better for that person to find a website that has job uh, ads in his city, on his field. So we are no indexing all those pages that don't have results. And that means a large significant of pages uh, because there are a lot of combination. You know, for every city, you have all this type of uh, job fields and all this type of, you know, part-time, full-time, uh, salary and so on. So there could be many combinations. And I've seen some other uh, job boards aggregators like making Google index all their pages because they don't really care if they serve good content. You know, they just want people to go onto their website and maybe get their email address. But how we look at it is, um, as I said, this balance, like we want Google to index a lot of pages of ours, but only those who don't who who have good content, or in other words, who don't have thin content. And this is exactly something that any um, 
um, you know, Google search uh, Google search console administrator or user can check in their own um, tool because you'll see if Google is not indexing some of your pages, mostly the reason is um, too thin content. So yeah. you and you'll see from there what you should exclude. Also, nice. if you focus too much on, you know, creating the largest website possible, you really have to have a good strategy. Um, for example, like a sitemap strategy, because you don't want Google to get lost in all those pages. At least if you, if for some reason you really need Google to index a lot of pages on your website, make sure that you have a great sitemap um, or sitemaps uh, that help Google, you know, get really fast to those pages that are very important to you and then have, you know, like 50K sitemap, URL sitemaps for all those other pages. Nice. Love it. Love it. Okay, Ella, let's imagine we have content plan. Uh, we got this content plan from Google Search Console and tell your methods how to improve ranking positions, how to uh, rank higher to get more traffic and sales. Uh, for example, if you pay attention to 10 pages in three months, so any methods that you use to get it higher? <laughs> to rank those pages. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I have my own methods and I'm sure most of us who do SEO have their own, you know, like structure. So uh, my SEO work is usually split into um, per month on the four weeks, like every week I do something for that, uh, uh, for those pages. In the first week, I do keyword research and on-page SEO. So now, you know, there are so many attributes, uh, on-page SEO attributes. Um, so again, the word is prioritizing. And the things that I look at are, of course, those classics ones. So I'm not going to reinvent the wheel by telling you that I look at um, the title, at the meta description, at the amount of text on the page uh, compared with the competitor's amount of text, like even at keywords positioning, but not in a, um, you know, like in a spamming way, but just to make sure that we do have at least in one uh, in the title and in one subtitle, we do have the signals for the user that he is on the right page discussing that specific topic. Then we have image optimization where I look at different things. Like one thing that I'm not sure many SEO look at um, is having like a square image on the page. And this is something that's, uh, I don't know if you've heard this before, but it's um, it's been proven to be a factor since last year because Google introduced this uh, sort of snippet where uh, it likes to show like an image and that's a square image. And if you have a square image on your page, then that's like a little helping you a little to uh, gain visibility. So I look at all these on-page SEO factors, and this is what I do in the first week. Then I discuss with the uh, website owner, you know, like, does he have a budget uh, to invest in um, maybe press releases or um, other more natural ways, like not buying links in the sense of, you know, I want you to place a link for me on that website, but great PR uh, websites do require a fee. 
that you have to pay. So I'm discussing with my um, clients, if they have this kind of budget, then in those three months, we can work miracles because most of them have done link building like organically um, because that's what they hear that about SEO, that you, you shouldn't, you know, like focus on off-page SEO, that should come naturally. But that rarely happens, you know, as we know, those who work in SEO and actually see the reality of, on the market. Like, it's not enough to build good content, you have to distribute it. Uh, and working with a great PR um, news website, they can help you like write press releases, and then with your SEO knowledge, you place your links in on the right anchor text and all these things. So in the second week, if I have been approved the budget, I already start link building. I call it like this, but it's actually more like putting out press releases, distributing content, not only on paid, um, you know, through paid resources, but also like free resources. We have so many, um, sites where you can do content distribution for free. And I'll just mention Medium, which is, you know, has such a high authority and it's free for anyone to create an account and to, to distribute a great article. But I would really focus on the quality of it because if you post something very, you know, that you created with using uh, ChatGPT, you're probably gonna get one link from posting it. But if you, um, as I mentioned, work with the peerist or take the time to read some studies from your client's field and to come up with this great idea that you are sharing, then beside that link that you are getting when you are posting, you can also get, you know, gain those followings. And it's something that you can't really do if your website um, is about, I don't know, um, uh, crystal glasses. You can't write about, you know, scientific studies on your website. So you have to do this on websites that allow you to distribute content, but you will get the links toward your website. So in the third week, I focus a lot on distributing on this kind of free websites. And then in the fourth week, I look at social media, which I think is very underrated, like sites like Reddit, uh, or even Pinterest, uh, which I know I'm talking to a man and most of you don't use Pinterest or at mm -hmm. least, you know, like in a personal way, maybe professionally. But Pinterest is like a, the one of the best link building sources out there because for every image that you upload, for every pin, you get a link. So that's how I split one month. And then in the second month, I do it all again. So... I look at other pages and do on-page SEO. I, again, create uh, links by the paid way and by the free way. And then I do, uh, I make sure that social media is taken care of again. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, love it. Interesting. You know, discipline, consistency. Yeah, love it. Okay, Ella, uh, you mentioned about ChatGPT, AI. Um, I think today it's hard to ignore this tool, impossible tomorrow. I think, you know, uh, I spoke with Jeff Coyle, co-founder of Market News, and he told me that uh, in the future, we will have three companies. The first company will develop AI. The second, implement AI. 
and the third will be obsolete you know <laughs> so it's important to use this tool but chat gpt is not creative you know and uh, many content creators complain uh, that uh, content is generic you know so generic uh, and uh, of course it's generic because it's a rewriting tool it's not copywriting you know <laughs> rewriting and uh, can you tell how to use this tool smart i mean like uh, to create yeah. content to write press releases and anything that related to your activities mm -hmm. so what i like to do is ask chat gpt questions about a certain topic and then what i like to do is ask him what questions should i have asked you because we know what we don't know but we don't know what we don't know so i like to use chat gpt to figure out what don't i know because he remembers your earlier conversations he is able then to say you know you haven't asked me about this and this and this and that's how i move forward so um i've also used chat gpt today to create um, a press release for my own company, for my own education company with courses. After reading in a book, like things that um, entrepreneurs usually assume, like you assume people know what your business is about. You assume people will have like the, the can take the decision to purchase your service. You assume all these things. And I told ChatGPT like, create a press release, um, taking in consideration what people usually assume. And what it did was uh, give me this great text with all the information that I should, you know, um, use or all the formulas that I should use to make sure that people, um, you know, that I fight these assumptions, that I cover the things that, um, Usually entrepreneurs think entrepreneurs think people know about their business, but they usually don't. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure how well I'm explaining this because I I find ChatGPT intriguing and a bit, you know, I'm still trying to find out its best use. I know it can, you know, spur out a lot of text on any subject. And uh, I know from my own experience that it's not always correct information. Like I've asked him, like, who is the best SEO specialist in my country? And he said a name of a person that has hasn't done SEO like ever in his life. So um, I'm still waiting for ChatGPT to improve its answers. But I do find this functionality of like, um, as I mentioned, like, tell me what it seems that I don't know and I should. Nice, nice. Interesting uh yeah i hope chat gpt uh, after updating data will reply to this question ella iliesi <laughs> no so yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see so uh a lot of opportunities there okay uh ella uh i want to ask you about press releases you mentioned a few times about press releases and i found that yeah uh SEOs found the way how to convert press releases to link building strategies to acquire links authoritative relevant links uh, but uh, it's hard it's really hard you know uh, in the first it's hard to write 
quality press release, uh, newsworthy press release that journalists wanna publish. And in the second, uh, it's hard to distribute, you know, to relevant people. Can you tell your methods how to find ideas uh, of writing press releases covering a specific niche uh, that journalists will love? Because, you know, I spoke with uh, Ferry Kazoni. He's one of the best on uh, PR and he found the way how to convert press releases to uh, link building techniques and CEO of Google invited him to speak on uh, Google conference. Uh, I cooperated with him. He spoke to twice on my podcast. Um, I cooperated with him. He, he's amazing. You know, he, he can write simple press releases. So simple, nothing special, but it's unique, interesting, creative. Can you tell your methods of writing press releases uh, and about distribution as well? Yeah, so there are two tools that I love using to get ideas for press releases, and they are both social media tools. So mm -hmm. uh, this is funny to me because even though I am an SEO, I use PR, I use social media, I use Google Ads a lot in my work. So the two tools that I use are um, BuzzSumo. Mm -hmm. And the other tool, which is actually my favorite, but it's pretty, it's quite costly. Uh, it's fun page karma. Mm -hmm. What these tools do are telling you like, what's the most shared content or distributed content on social media. And you can, fil you can filter them by network. So you can see what's the most distributed content on Pinterest or on Facebook or on whatever um, platform, TikTok. Um, mm -hmm. And you can, you can discover like content that hasn't really been, you know, that has been circulating a lot in a platform like Pinterest, but maybe hasn't been discovered so much on Facebook. So, and also I don't stick to my, uh, you know, if I'm marketing like crystal glasses and I mentioned, I'm looking at crystal posts in general, not just crystal glasses, mm -hmm. because, and this is something that I've read recently, like a um, study that was done, uh, you know, there are like the SEO awards and this business like got an SEO award, uh, award um, by reading, finding studies that were distributed on social media. And they were selling mattresses, but they found this study that showed that if you eat the, the kiwi fruit before bedtime, you get a better night's sleep. So they wrote their press release about this study and they just added a link, you know, to their mattress page somewhere in there. And that got distributed like crazy. So I look at what people have already vetted, you know, like what they've already distributed like crazy on social networks, especially in the last months. Um, I also look like at competitors pages because maybe they have something on crystal glasses that's really interesting. And Fun, fun Page Karma, the tool that I was mentioning, allows you to study your competitors' whole history. So you tell, uh, that tool that I want to see like in the past 10 years, 12 years, which were the top 10, uh, 20, I think 20 is the maximum, like posts that go, got the most distributions or the most haha or the most wow or the most, in, you know, you find this kind of content that's really, 
that you know that people will appreciate. And then you either um, write about this or find a very similar topic. Because I don't see like a mattresses businesses being able to hit the market again with a kiwi fruit study, but you can, you know, get some inspiration on this and try to find something else that's that's just as interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I get the ideas. And then to distribute these ideas, I it's depending on the country of my client. Uh, but there's a website that I really like uh, that is international for press release distribution. And I wish I could share my affiliate link mentioning them. It's called White Press. And I'm not mm -hmm. sure if you're using it. I'm a really big fan because they have gathered like almost 80% of the Romanian uh, media market is on there. And you find this great distribution uh, services on there. So um, you just have to have a budget, like, I'm, like I mentioned. And at this point, I do find that, you know, um, business owners are used to paying thousands of dollars each month for Google Ads. And this is something that, as you know, when you stop Google Ads, the the sales stop as well but with seo you know like you invest those thousand of dollars three to four months and you can be on the first position of google winning you know those profits for a really long time nice love it yeah by the way i spoke with founders of uh, white press on my podcast twice you know i love these guys <laughs> yeah i i check out the their service and i found it's more about guest posting but i need to check out <laughs> to double check with uh, press releases uh yeah and um, yeah i love it awesome uh guys i'll submit all these links uh, to white press uh uh busomo and uh, can you call one more time this tool uh, fun page karma find page karma uh, fan in the page description like fan like ah, i'm a okay. fan of yours fan, fan, fan yeah. page karma Okay, got it. Fan page karma uh, in the description. And Ella, let's talk about uh, mistakes. You know, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I keep doing them. You know, I remember some terrible mistakes. Like in 2008, I lost my financial company because of world crisis. Um, yeah, I lost uh, all my money, all the resources. Uh, even more, I got a lot of debts. Um, that was hard to get them back. But I got experience. Today, I love it. You know, I I think that was the best time ever because uh, uh, I found the way how to overcome obstacles. It doesn't matter. You have money or you have no money. You can go ahead. It doesn't matter. If you have two legs, two hands, uh, health, yeah, you can go ahead. It's enough. And uh, in 20... 13, I lost my another project, you know, because of uh, Ukrainian revolution and the first war with Russia. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, each time if something terrible happened, I got experience, you know, how to overcome obstacles. In ASIO, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them, you know, because <laughs> I, I, I can test something, experiment to think, uh, to check out how it works. Can you list mistakes that we masters? can avoid you know by doing seo uh, common mistakes that you often see and your tips how to find a better way yeah so 
the first mistake that I've continually done until I've learned about 301 redirects was changing uh, the URL of my blog, of my website. So if I like, I once I won a contest and they were giving me like any free domain that I like, so I changed my name. Then uh, that domain expired. I didn't want to prolong it any longer. And I changed my name back, my URL to something else. So I think this was the worst mistake that I've done. And this is something that I still am very careful about. Because if you change your URL, your slug, without having a 301 redirect in place, then it's like taking everything from zero. So that's what I want to, you know, first remind people of. Um, and this is especially important if you're pl planning to redesign your website, because that usually means, or like before I redesign any website, I like take out all the URLs, especially those that are bringing traffic and conversions and put them somewhere to make sure that you know, uh, after the redesign, we'll still have those URLs, ideally, or at least we'll have 301 redirects pointing to them. So I think this is the biggest mistake. So that's why I'm drawing attention to it. Then there are all these type of mistakes that you can do um, when doing SEO, you know, and even personally, I'm going to mention that also. But recently, I've noticed that one client that I worked for, like changed its, um, its the text on his page after I've optimized it. So I was very lucky to be able to retrieve the version that I've edited from um, web, web archives, you know, from internet archive. Um, but that only happened because it was a very large website that took screenshots of his pages quite often. So this is something that I've recently done as a mistake. Like I haven't told my client, please, please make sure you don't change the text that I am putting on your website, at least while I am optimizing your website for this you know, period of time. Um, and there are many, many mistakes like that. I, I think I'm still doing some today, like when I approve like an article that's coming from a copywriter and I, I don't know, I'm not looking at the anchor texts correctly or something like that. So small mistakes, I think you'll do them all the time. And personally, I think one big mistake was um, accepting more that I can uh, handle in a way, like with work, because when people know that you know SEO, like there, it can be very tempting to take on more work that you can that you can actually you know be happy with. Like at one point, it can become very stressful. So at the personal level, I had to look for ways to um, to to keep this balance between professional work and um, life and you know my my day-to-day -day relaxing kind of life so all these yeah. mistakes and all these things that i had to learn um yeah but i think like the greatest thing that i've learned in time and that uh, i used to um, not pay attention to and that was a mistake was making sure that people clients 
as well as people that you work with know the results that you are bringing in for them because when you you know when you don't look at your google search console or when you don't answer the phones that your company is getting you know like with questions or uh, with sales you don't really know if your seo is doing uh, the right thing or not so I had to learn like to make sure that my clients know, you know, we had these results at least once every, you know, three months, if not every month. Um, and then to make sure that I let my colleagues know that their work has paid off. Like tell my copywriters, look, this text that you wrote for me last month have brought in these hundreds of visitors in just one week and or these developers you know the fact that you've fixed these issues that we saw with page experience we are now indexed at almost 100 percent and all these things i i didn't do them in the past as much now i do them you know like religiously nice nice love it valuable valuable a lot i wanna ask my favorite question because uh, i often ask everyone uh who uh, speaks on my podcast uh, about experience you know i found that i usually get uh, high results with clients who understand seo no if they don't i tell them take my course learn on google on youtube you know on my course you can learn from lily ray mike phillips chef coil chelsea alvis many other great experts on google youtube you can learn from anyone it doesn't matter what kind of content you like more uh, just learn understand the basic then we can cooperate like a cohesive team to achieve high results uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without your 14 years of experience you didn't start any website you didn't write any word in your content you didn't create any plan what will you do today to learn more about seo you know, I think um, I saw this question on a Facebook group today. It's called Sisters in SEO. So it's just us women working in SEO. And there was someone who was a beginner and asked, like, what's the best SEO course for beginners? And I looked at Google and I saw that on the first result for Romania, like I checked it in Ahrefs, you'll find my um, Udemy course. SEO course for beginners. So mm -hmm. if I were to start from scratch, but somehow my course would still exist, I think I'm gonna, uh, I'll look at that one and I'll, cause that's why I write on my blog also. I have this urge, you know, to note down somewhere everything that I've learned. I don't know, I have like this feeling that if, if, if something happens in the future, like I get amnesia from a brain injury or something, I can go back and read my blog and figure out who I am as a person. That's exactly, I think, what I did with SEO. I wrote a book, I created that course. So if something happens and I have to start from scratch, I'm gonna find my own resources where I explain in the best way that I understand those things. But let's say that the course doesn't exist also. What I would do, and what I wanted it to exist <laughs> in the past, like 15 years ago, before I had the idea with the mm -hmm. website, what I did was posted on my blog a question like, where do I where do I find mentors? 
because I realize, you know, that you the best way to learn is finding someone who knows that thing, who has done it, you know, who has who knows what's a myth and what really works. And then it's just a, a bit of a struggle to find the right mentor. So what I would do would, would be trying to find someone to learn from. And when I started to learn about SEO, you, you mentioned that you don't read SEO books, but that's all there was at that time like the art of SEO and the SEO Bible. And I've started reading uh, books. That's how I started to learn SEO. But now we have courses. Now we have recorded courses, as you mentioned, on YouTube. We have um, webinars, free webinars. We have all these things to learn from. But the main thing that I think would I would pay attention to are reviews. Because I think there are many people who like promise um to to teach you seo but it's actually you know a way of getting you to work for them or um not not all of the people but now i'm thinking in my own country like the the people who have like a uh, an image that they are teaching you seo what i've noticed is they have other programs in which they try to enroll you and i would look for like courses that are strictly for you to learn SEO. And because I know as a trainer that if someone comes to my course, my only purpose is not to make him a client of mine, not to make him an employee of mine. My one solely purpose is to teach him everything that I know in a matter that I think is best for him to learn in those eight or 20 hours or whatever the, the course amount. So just find the right mentor, find the right trainer, and then um, maybe get him to accept, you know, you to to like not a, an employee, but like an apprentice, apprentice, like just to to see if what you've been taught at that course is actually what he does in his day to day practice. And yeah, I'll stop here. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. You need to find your loving format, courses, YouTube, podcasts, books, just learn and more important practice. You know, <laughs> you started uh, after launching your website. I think it's the same with many others. I started because when I launched my online shop, so uh, I needed to get this traffic. Uh, I started. Uh, yeah, uh, but I made a mistake. Yeah, I tried to cooperate with some freelancer. Uh, yeah, uh, with a few companies, uh, and I wasted two years. You know, two years. Uh, I felt that uh, these companies can help uh, to get this traffic, but uh, you know, I don't want to blame them. I think uh, that was my fault because I didn't understand what kind of traffic I need. I just uh, asked them, please bring me SEO traffic <laughs> but right now i understand it's better to know the basic then you can cooperate with others uh, ella mm -hmm. it's a big pleasure to get my show to learn from you i love your valuable insights welcome back to share more value uh tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you uh, so I uh, teach for my own education company, which is called makeitacademy.com. And 
you can find me on Udemy, you can find me on my blog, on my social platforms, um, on my LinkedIn. Um, but the main thing I know, I don't, I'm not really, you know, looking to promote myself or my courses. I'm sorry if I came out this way, like any, any course that you can, because what I think I am the, the person who watches the most SEO courses, like even for beginners, even for today, I purchase the most Udemy courses. I look at the most YouTube clips on SEO because I find that every person has you know, it's way of looking at things or at motivating himself to do SEO. And I find them all very helpful. That's why I'm very happy, Anatoly, that you are doing these podcasts. Like they are such a great resource of tips and of information, uh, not just for beginners. Like you are doing this for us experts as well. So thank <laughs> yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'll submit uh, the link to your LinkedIn account, to your course on Udemy. And website in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again, Ella. I love it. So valuable. I enjoy our conversation. I'm going to visit Romania because, yeah, uh, I passed a few days in Romania, but yeah, I need to spend more time and to meet Craft Dracula in one day. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.